0: You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Uh, We've been going through the month of January, and we've been watching some short podcasts. Uh, that brother Bernard has done on many different types of questions. Uh, actually, if you want to go on to YouTube, you can. I think he's got close to a hundred of them. We just picked out a few. Um, and uh, we've been watching, they're 10 or 12 minutes long. And then we've been teaching about that topic following the podcast. And so we're going to do that again this evening. This will be the last one. We've done a number of those throughout the month of January. But uh, we're going to watch the podcast, and then I'm going to come and teach on the topic that he's talking about. Amen.
1: Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. In Psalm 101.3, David said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. The early Pentecostals established guidelines to try to protect themselves from moral impurity, particularly in the popular culture and in the media. But I I don't think that probably either King David or our Pentecostal pioneers ever envisioned a world in which they could access the worst kinds of moral filth in just a matter of a few seconds, using a device like a smartphone. This it's very tricky for Christians today because the same technology that we use to transact our, our business and to manage our daily affairs can also destroy our souls. Considering the pervasiveness of evil and the accessibility of it in our world, what can Christians in this present day do to protect ourselves from being unnecessarily exposed to wickedness and immorality and fulfill what David said in Psalm 101.3? That's a very important question for, for every Christian today. And I would, I've seen a shift in my lifetime from the point where you could say, you could set some simple rules that would guard you in the majority of instances. So. Don't have a television. Uh, Don't go to a store that sells pornography. And pretty much, or or don't go to certain places where, uh, you know, there there are certain activities. So for some towns, it might be the pool hall or might be the bowling alley or the skating rink. Don't go there because that's where everybody congregates to pick up people and they're dressed in modestly and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, those days are pretty much gone, as you've mentioned, the culture has changed, and really almost every cultural event is permeated with a worldly atmosphere. So even going to your local high school or college or going to a shopping mall, you're, you are exposed to, or a restaurant, you're exposed to a level of um, immodesty and secularism and drinking and profanity and et cetera uh, that you could isolate yourself from in generations gone by in the same way with media. Uh, so now... Uh, everybody pretty much is going to have a computer or a smartphone or, um, you know, a tablet. And even if you don't have it for home, you need it for school, for work, for just so many things. Uh, So how do you guard yourself? So we've got to start with the basics. First, the shift has to become from external rules to internal guidance, which is really the New Testament principle Um, God said, I'm going to put my laws on your heart, not on stone, but in your heart. So it has to start with a life, a personal relation with God. That's number one. A prayer, studying God's Word. The psalmist said, I put your Word in my heart that I wouldn't sin against you. So as we internalize the Word, and of course, being faithful to our local church, hearing preaching and teaching, getting involved in the social activities of church, making friends and connections in a wholesome way with, depending on your age, the youth group, young families, men's ministries, women's ministries. So all that has to do with your relationship with God. That's first. Second, your relationship with people. So if you're married, you have to have a strong relationship with your spouse. Um, If you're single, you need to have good relationships with friends, same sex and opposite sex but it has to be in a wholesome context. And you know who's dragging you down and you have to minimize your time with them. Uh, You know who's a good influence and not who's a good influence. And so you surround yourself with positive influences. You surround yourself with mentors. Uh, You have a close relationship if possible. If your family's in the church, if you're a young adult, have a good relationship with your godly parent uh, and with your pastor. So your relationship with God, then your relationship with others. And by the way, I will say, you know, as a single uh, young man, I had, I, I was a single adult for seven years in college, university. I faced all the temptations that are normal for a single adult in modern America. Um, but just because, so it's easy from that perspective to think, oh, well, once I get married, you know, all my temptations will go away. I won't struggle with pornography or I won't struggle with this or that because, hey, I'll be married. But you know what? If you don't get a hold of it and have personal disciplines while you're single, no, it's not going to go away when you get married. It's just going to change forms. And then some people say, well, you know, I, I'm just born this way. I'm addicted, you know, I have, I, I'm a homosexual, I'm this, I'm that. Uh, but again, I would say, wait a minute. Uh, we all have personal responsibility for our lives. We all have to take control, and through the Holy Spirit, we can. And so there's no excuse for not living for God. Uh, now, I will say we all face temptations. I think they're common, and even if you're a preacher, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, those three, those th- three things are always with you. But you can take practical steps. So after the third step, I would say, is to manage your environment. So there are some places you just don't go because you know they're opening you up to temptation. Now the challenge becomes, now those places can be on the internet in the privacy of your home. And so I recommend, and this is what I did very early on, putting in safeguards. There are things you can do. There are, um, we recommend Covenant Eyes. Here at UPCI we have a relation with Covenant Eyes, where for a discount you can sign up. And this monitors your use and reports to yourself and to A trusted person, your spouse or another adult, and you you might say, well, I don't have a real problem in this area. Why do I need this? When I first started teaching on this as a pastor, I thought, you know what? If I'm going to teach this to my young people or to my men, I need to do this myself. And I actually had a situation where I was using a computer, and it wasn't my home computer, so it didn't have the safeguards on it and I was looking up a legal website that I'd been told about, and I was thinking, this is going to be great resources. Well, I t- typed in the name and then instinctively put .com, where it actually was supposed to be, I think, .org. And somebody had created like a clone site or a fake site on purpose, and suddenly it was a pornographic website. I'm looking for this and even typing in what I think is the correct name, To go to a legal resource and suddenly here's pornography. And I was so embarrassed and ashamed. My wife was in the other room. And so I'm pushing the button as fast as I could. And every time I push the button, I guess it must have been the design of the website. I push the button to close it out. It pops up another page, another page. And the more buttons I push, the more pages. I just had to finally just turn the whole computer off. And I was so embarrassed. I went and told my wife because I wanted to be accountable to her. My point is, you can put some safeguards on your computer that while they're not perfect and while an ingenious person can get around anything, if that's what you're intending to do, at least it protects you from inadvertent exposure. It also makes you think two or three times before you transgress the guidelines. And also, if it's set up to report to someone else, that person could see that you tried to evade it or they can see that you disabled it or whatever. So I guess what I'm saying is, what do you mean, brother Bernard, you don't you don't trust yourself? Well, I trust the Lord, but I don't trust the flesh. And so don't give the flesh an opportunity. So my point being just like we don't want to walk into a bar and order a Coke and sit down for an hour at the bar. Or we don't go to a pornographic bookstore and see if there are any um wholesome books that we could buy. We avoid obvious places where the temptation is great and the chances of failure are great. So we have to do the same online. So we set up accountability. And another good thing is uh, use your computer in a public area. If, you're, if you have roommates, if you're married, you have a family, well, just let the computer be used in, in, in your public um, area where, or your, you know, your family room. And it's just a matter of, it's a matter of a family culture. And I think if we do that, that will help us. Um, Now, if you find yourself failing, I think one of the greatest things is to have an accountability partner. It might be your spouse. It might be your pastor. It might be another trusted mentor or leader of the church that can hold you accountable. And to me, once somebody is, is addicted, whether it's uh, pornography or sexual sin of other kinds um, or maybe even alcohol or drugs, having some accountability partner is a great motivation because you can repent to yourself, but there's just something about another person being involved that, that if you have a desire to be helped, you can be helped. So I do think we have to take this seriously if I read the surveys, uh, this is, these are per- pervasive problems in Christianity. And, and I ha- have to think that Pentecostals are not immune. I do think we have an advantage that we have the Holy Ghost. We have the power that many sincere people don't have. But we still have to use that of power. All the power in the room it doesn't, is not enough unless you intentionally use it. So this room is wired for electricity, but I've got to turn on the switch. There's not going to be any light until i go over there and do an intentional act and so i think we as christians have to be very intentional but the good news is the gospel works in every culture and every environment yes we can live for god and if we stumble and fall there's grace we have to go to god ask for forgiveness and keep moving forward we might fall but god doesn't fall we might fail but god doesn't fail First John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this is not an excuse to keep sinning deliberately and just at the end of the day say, okay, forgive me and wipe it clean. No, there must be an intention to change. Uh, First John 2.1, right on the heels of that, says that Jesus Christ is the propitiation or sacrifice or, of atonement for our sins. But He says, I write these things that you sin not. So the goal is to live a holy life. So get up in the morning and pray, Lord, like the psalmist, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And just live for God that one day. And you can. You'll you'll see that you can make right choices and be in a right environment and avoid temptations for just one day. So just do that every day. And if one day you fall, well, that's where you go. Confess it. Start the day over and you get back on track pursuing a holy life. We can do it. We can live a moral life in an immoral world. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. We hope you'll make plans to join us again next time when once again we take a look at how the Bible applies to our...
0: Amen. I believe that what he just stated is accurate. We can live righteously in an unrighteous world. So we're going to talk a little bit about these principles and um, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 is where I'll, I'll start. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. God's holiness is one of the sensual and absolute attributes of his divine nature. You cannot separate holiness from God. It's one of the divine nature And attributes that he's made up of so it's set before us in Scripture and you see in Hebrews 12 and 14 without it no man is going to see the Lord so that makes it a pretty important aspect so it's important that we understand what holiness entails it's a special cause for an awe or our our adoration of the Lord it sets a standard uh, for all other holiness, it will always remain higher than the than the holiness of men and angels god 's holiness is uh, in opposi- opposition to sin, always in opposition to sin it awakens uh, and deepens man 's consciousness of of his or her own sin it sets Before us, uh, the highest possibility of aspiration to be holy as God is holy. And the whole tone of Scripture is in accordance with um, the text that I have written to you or read to you uh, tonight follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. If you look at the the Hebrew and the Greek words, uh, the scholars look at those two words and they simply uh, state what holiness is, separate and apart, separate and apart. So uh, being holy does not only mean that you uh, withdraw from something, but rather that you withdraw unto something. So it's not just a list of things you don't do. Holiness is I want to do whatever I can to please the Lord. I want to give him something. It's a mindset difference. So being being separate and apart. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's not about uh, that we're separate and holy to make others look unholy. That's not the, the goal of what's being uh, accomplished. Uh, being holy does, uh, it absolutely means that you with, you're, you're not only withdrawing from, but you're withdrawing unto. And we live in a culture that you cannot get caught up in the culture. If you look at the writings of the New Testament, Paul always goes back to creation, not to the culture. Because the culture, the, what we would call the, the lines, keep changing. So if, if, if you say, I'm the same distance from the world as I was 20 years ago, you're not getting closer to God. Because the world has got farther away from God in, in the lines of the culture. The desire should be, I'm actually farther from the world today than I was 20 years ago because I want to be closer to the Lord. So I'm setting myself apart. I'm separating myself uh, unto the Lord. Uh, A.W. Post, I'm going to quote him tonight, Sister Tompkins. That's her dad salvation he said is the most elastic word in the bible i am saved from the penalty the penalty of sin when i am justified justified simply means just as if i had never sinned he said i am being saved from the power of sin as i am sanctified separated unto the lord and i will be saved from the very presence of sin when i am glorified salvation is a process i want to be more like him and when that becomes our our guidance when that becomes our road map it won't matter what the world does don't allow yourself to get caught up in in what's happening in the world or the culture because it will drag you farther than than where you were a year ago, or five years ago, or ten years ago, let the world do whatever the world's going to do, and say, "I'm going to follow peace with all men and holiness," because I have absolute desire to see the Lord. Okay, um, from God's perspective, the salvation process and the sanctification or separation holiness process. Are really the same when we are justified our sanctification is positional for we have as the scripture says imputed righteousness when we allow God to lead us into righteousness and so I'm not dictating what's right and wrong I'm allowing his word to lead me into what's right and wrong there's a big difference um, our sanctification becomes experiential when we have imparted righteousness no so not just imputed righteousness when we have imparted righteousness when we are glorified our sanctification will become eternal and then it will be implanted righteousness so something happens in our life uh when you are born again god allows your life to be changed transformed uh, Paul talks about it, be not conformed, he said, to this world, but be transformed. A transformation happens at at, uh, the new birth, but that's not the end. That's just the beginning. And so what happens is our lives, as we grow in God, we mature in him, and I want to be more like him. And so as I grow in age, as I learn more about his word, as I spend more time with him through prayer, through his word, then I allow that to speak into my life to eliminate the things that are contrary to him. You cannot trust your flesh. Your heart, the Bible says, is desperately wicked. If you go by your emotions and how you feel, you will not make the right decisions. I don't care who you are. You've got to follow the Word of God, the voice of God, spend time in prayer to allow uh, the holiness to increase or grow in your lives. I cannot, I cannot do it in my own strength. You heard our general superintendent say that he doesn't trust his flesh. I used to say that to my kids all the time. I trust you fully, but I do not trust your flesh. Holiness is is uh, so far as it appears in man, is the outcome of God's gracious work in salvation, yet without a proper exertion of one's own will and the putting forth of strenuous effort. It's never going to be accomplished by your eye. But when we allow God to work in our lives, he will do something beautiful. He will will bring you into realms with him that it will never be uh, legalistic rules. It will be a growing in love with him. So I'm going to make a statement. Most issues of holiness are not salvation issues. They are Christian maturity issues. Only as we do not obey God in the areas of these holiness guidelines uh, that it becomes willful disobedience, and willful disobedience is a salvation issue. So a lot of times it's never the issue. It's whether I'm going to allow myself to say, I'm giving unto God and not withdrawing only. Uh, it is not enough for me to make a statement to try to appear holy that I don't go to the bar. <laughs> okay, that's, that won't be enough to make me holy. Because I could sit home and blast people on text. No, I'm serious, and be an absolute idiot. So it won't be enough to say, you know what? I don't go. I don't go to the bar. That's that's way off limits. What about gossip? What about slander? What about backbiting? What? Do you, you see what I'm saying? So this this cannot be that it's just an external idea of holiness god i want you to do something inside of my heart that desires to want to be more like you than i was yesterday or last month or a year ago okay this is this is something where i'm growing in maturity stop stop putting your focus on whether it's a salvation issue or not get it on whether it's a closeness to god issue it it alleviates um, uh, what your flesh will desire. Now I, I'm not going to go there. I'll stay on my notes. Maybe the apostles obviously place great importance on many areas of Christian maturity, such as the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, holiness in spirit, conduct and appearance. Uh, They talked about submission. They talk about proper use of Christian liberty. They talk about good works, doctrinal, spiritual maturity. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are mentioned within, uh, that the apostles talk about when it comes to holiness. While one can certainly obtain salvation without understanding immediately or experiencing all of those areas, what the apostles are saying for us to maintain our salvation there has to be a desire to grow it's no different in the natural if the baby is the same size and the same weight five years from now you know that something's wrong I wonder at times if if a spiritual x-ray was put upon us in the church how we would be viewed in our maturity. Because, yeah, we see each other growing. We see each other attending. But, God, am I getting closer to you? Am I spending time in word? That's why it is so encouraging to me to see the number the last few weeks that have been in prayer because I have no doubt in my mind that if you're in prayer, You can't help but get closer to him. You can't help it. If you got yourself on a daily uh, reading of his word and you're taking that with all seriousness, there is no way that you cannot grow in him. Because those are the things that help us mature in him. You heard uh, Brother Bernard state uh, that your relationship with God, your relationship with others, uh, and then obviously making sure that you avoid um, the the environment that is not conducive to you um, uh, being holy unto the Lord. It is extremely dangerous to know what to do and not do it. He that knoweth to do good, that's the scripture, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So, uh, only immaturity or backslidden mentality would ever ask, do I have to? I don't, it's not about whether I have to, I get to. There was nothing when I gave my heart to the Lord that all of a sudden went into bondage. (laughs) My life is not in bondage. It's the absolute opposite of that. You don't have to do anything. You get to. You didn't have to be here tonight. you got to come. You don't have to worship. You get to worship. You don't have to live for God. You get to live for God. It's a whole different mentality. Stop thinking in the terms of I have to do this or I have to do. No, no, God, he purchased you. You get to. You get to have a relationship with him. You get to have a relationship with people that are following him. You get to choose where you should be and where you shouldn't be. No one's one's telling me that I can't do this or can't do that. I can be an idiot if I want I get to not be an idiot (laughs) it's wonderful to be able to make the choices based upon my perspective I, I just want to please him okay I always oh she's coming back Let, let, me, let me explain it this way. She always gets nervous when I start stories. So I'm, in, I'm so in love with her that why would I do things on purpose, anyway, why would I do things that she absolutely cannot stand? Why would I do that? Okay, I'll I'll give you a simple illustration from many years ago. I enjoyed Ponderosa. I used to drive to Moncton or Fredericton at times just to go to Ponderosa. Or if I was in Fredericton or Moncton, I had an excuse to go to Ponderosa. The interesting thing is my wife absolutely despised Ponderosa. So why would I make a decision when she was with me to go to Ponderosa? That's like torture to her. So do you know when I went to Ponderosa? When she wasn't with me. Why? Because I want to please her. It's not that I don't or I can't, or I must not go to Ponderosa. Okay, this is about falling in love. This is about being in love. This is about choosing to love. This is about choice. That's in the natural. Okay, that's just a a BZ special. Okay, that's, that's just the natural instincts of a relationship. What about God? God, I... I, this is not a list of what I can't do or 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 uh, they're telling me not to No, I'm I'm in love with him it's not about withdrawing just from things it's about withdrawing unto him making sure that you put yourself in place with him so I'm just gonna end it real quick here with just uh, five perspectives on holiness holiness is an absolute requirement for christians it's not an option this is what peter said in chapter 1 verse 15 but as he which hath called you is holy so be holy in all manner of conversation that's not just our speech that's our conduct because it is written be holy for i am holy that's not an option that's not Okay, that's, if if I want to, if I want to call myself, uh, be uh, considered Christ-like, then I want to please him. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says this, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy which temple ye are simply put if the holy ghost is living in your life god's at resident he's he's living inside of you you are the temple for him to live in that means you don't want to do anything to destroy your temple We could go into many things usually what we like to talk about is what we don't have issues with okay so I'll just I'll just talk about one that I always have to be careful of it's called gluttony (laughs) now there's a lot of scripture about gluttony in the Bible a lot and so I have to okay You know, we all have this goal at the first of the year. But it's actually good to take care of your temple and not overeat. That's we don't like talking about it because sometimes we do it. But holiness is an absolute requirement that I don't want to destroy my temple. Okay, this is not the temple, this building's not the temple. This is the temple. You are the temple. Okay. Holiness must involve separation from the world. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all things, filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's talking about it being a process. I'm not going to be perfect here, but I'm working and striving to be better than last year. Um, you heard him talk... Um, about some specifics with with uh, being pure and remaining pure because of the things that we have to deal with today such as internet and online presence and all of that that's one aspect um, and so you have to you have to come out from the world whether it's online or not online you've got to be separate from the world if you're going to be holy what you feed on is what you will become. You, um, separation is an absolute requirement if I'm going to continue the process or perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Uh, thirdly, God hates um, uh, the ones who reject holiness is, is not uh, approved of by God at all. Paul writes the first Thessalonians in chapter 4, verse 7, he says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Notice now, He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given us His holy, holy Spirit. If I don't desire to be like Him or to be holy as He is holy, then I'm actually despising, the Scripture says what he's made available to me through the Spirit. He's given me the tools to be like him. It's a process. I need to continue the process. But if I'm not interested in that, then he's he's making a pretty strong statement that there's a despising that happens of what's available. God doesn't approve of that. He doesn't approve of me having the Spirit of God in my life and it not changing my life. You cannot be full of the Holy Ghost and continue on the same path that you were before you gave your heart to the Lord. It does not work. Uh, the power of the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. It will convict you of things that are improper, that are contrary to His Word, that are not approved by the presence of God. Again, I don't need a list. I just need to say, I'm going to please God, and the Spirit of God will speak into my life when it's not right. Seriously, well, uh, transparency is always good. I always put myself in danger of these things, but the 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 sense is you have to be real. So I I had a funeral that I needed to attend and do on Monday, and the roads were not great, and it took me a lot longer to get there than than I expected, even though I had planned more time in advance. And so I'm getting to the funeral home a little later, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting my, myself ready. And um, someone drives in, and they just ask a simple question: if there was parking out back. I didn't know the couple, hadn't saw them before, and I said, I don't know. Kind of like that. And sometimes your conscience is your spouse. And she just kind of piped up and she said Brett you didn't you really didn't respond to them properly <laughs> I said well I'm kind of getting ready <laughs> doesn't matter you didn't respond to them properly and when I stopped and thought about it she was right could have took an extra 10 seconds and said you know why I there might be parking out back I'm not sure you could drive around and check do you, do you see what I'm saying because, now I, I went to them afterwards, because I think it's necessary for us to, yeah, okay, I might not be shooting up on the corner, okay? But am I hindering someone with my conversation? Because the disciples were always after the Lord, you know, they're, they're send them away and and he was like the opposite he was he was like who who touched me who was it that had a sincerity of need he was on his he was on his way to Jerry's house like he was busy but someone touched him and he stopped who touched me something something took place because of someone's need uh, i think uh, even no matter how long we've been in church, that we're in a process of being or desiring or going through the perfecting of holiness. And God doesn't like it when I reject that, that need to be like him or desire to be like him. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to wind it down. I need to stop. Number four, God demands an external witness of our internal holiness. So not only is it, Uh, You know the the scripture says that man looks on the outward appearance God looks on the heart that is true But if the heart is right then the outside appearance will be right There's no sense of having the outside appearance right if the heart's not right He calls he calls the the New Testament people that did that White as sepulchers they look clean outside, but they were filthy inside So the desire is God I want my internal To be right, so the external will be right as well. Um, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. That's what Paul is writing. Matthew says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. There's something that happens when the internal is right. It produces automatically on the outside. Okay, so my little example of the other day, I had to get it corrected. Just a little attitude adjustment. I used to say that to my kids when they needed it. Your father's going to give you an attitude adjustment. Well, my heavenly father was giving me an attitude adjustment with some help from my lovely wife. If that's too transparent for you, then your pastor's not perfect, just so you know. Number five in closing, we are not saved by works, but we are saved by unto works um, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and he says for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are as workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them Good works won't save you, but because you are saved, it will produce good works. And it will be the result of a holiness before God. It will bring out kindness and joy and compassion and love and mercy and grace. Those things will be produced from our life as good works because of what God has done for us. Holiness is not a means of earning salvation, but a result of earning salvation. Okay, stand. I'll I'll quit. This whole, um, and Brother Menard just kind of hit on one area, which is the online presence. And if we just go according to Scripture, it kind of transcends all generations so when the Bible says set no evil thing before your eyes it has no bearing on what that is whether it's a phone or a book or 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 an establishment doesn't matter what it is Okay, it's don't get caught up in the trash talk on the internet or Facebook or whatever that that, that's setting evil before your eyes don't do that. Why would you even spend time reading that? Lone responding so when the scripture God is so in, incredible when he when he inspired scripture to be written, it transcended all generations. doesn't matter when you read that scripture, it works, so it doesn't matter. When you read the scripture, be ye holy as I am holy, doesn't matter when you read that. It has no bearing on the culture, the time period. Okay, they had, they had all kinds of lustful stuff happening thousands of years ago. What happens is is a group of people that say, I'm just going to separate and set aside myself unto God. And when you do that, All that other stuff will become obsolete. It won't eradicate, but it will not be important enough. I just want to say this and before I pray. Brother Bernard made an extremely important point about having an accountability person in your life. Whether it's your spouse or your pastor or a close friend, not someone who's going to tell you what you want to hear but rather the truth, it's extremely important to have someone accountable in your life. And it's not enough to say, well, I can control it. You cannot control anything. Your flesh is not going to do it, okay? But when God's presence is in your life, he will help you overcome the world because he's overcome the world. And having someone in your life that can encourage you strengthen you um, be an accountable person in your life that's a very important if you're struggling don't be ashamed Just say I'm going to correct this and I'm going to put the right steps in place to get this corrected listen I have knowledge of things as a pastor as a minister that will go to the grave with me and the reason is is it's all about helping people it's not about highlighting it's about helping god i pray right now for your incredible church thank you for this wonderful group of people god and god we're just we're just talking about some real stuff tonight and god we're just putting it right down to where the rubber meets the road and i pray That every person that's in this room, God, you know exactly where every person's at. You know exactly what each person may be struggling with. You know, Lord, the things that people are needing help with. We're just going to be real tonight, God. We need your help. We need your wisdom. We need your understanding. We need your compassion. Let your mercy and grace flow, God, I pray. Lord, across this room, everyone that's watching online or listening tonight, I pray that your mighty power would minister and strengthen. God, give people, God, exactly, Lord, the hope that they need to overcome and to be overcomers. I pray, God, as people set aside themselves and separate themselves from the world and the culture around us and the society, no matter what it's teaching or telling or preaching, whatever. Whatever, it doesn't matter. God, we're going to listen to you and your word and your voice and the power of the Holy Ghost, and we're going to let that, God, be our guidance, and, God, that's going to be our direction because we want to be holy as you are holy. God, give each person the strength and the courage, God, to make right choices that maybe need to be made even tonight. God, I pray and ask it. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, thank you for being in Bible study tonight. What, what great church we've been having and a great, great uh, turnout of people. Thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. He is doing some incredible things. We have another baptism that will be happening on Sunday. God's doing some wonderful things, church. Amen. Excited. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being with us at Mission Point. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.